millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Who are we going to do? Oh, gonna Leonardo do? DiCaprio. Yeah, let's do it. Gosh. Wait, okay. So um, I went to see the film Blood Diamond. Yep, like that know? film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. he had quite a cute accent. I know he got slagged off for it. and you know. Did he? Yeah, I he did a bit. Right. I thought he was all right. Yeah. It was fine. And I'm not a massive fan. You know, he's not. He's too clean cut. But mm-hmm. obviously, my friends. How about oh, Basketball God. Diaries in that? When he's oh, yeah, like, he's, yeah. strung out junkie. Yeah, he was That's good in that. That's yeah. more like it. <laughs> like Jared Leto when he's in, what's that Red one? Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, Requiem oh, for a Dream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that film. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Watch but, it once every ten years because uh, that's that's enough for me. Yeah, it's too no, depressing. it's too depressing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? And it, I love the mum when she gets just, just like oh, buzzing. Dark. Her, yeah, she's a very dark film. But yeah, so um, I was quite excited. But the thing is, Jaimon Honsu, who's the other guy that's yeah. in the film, now that's oh my god, <laughs> I went in to interview him first. And oh god, he was so tall and handsome. And he's a beautiful just, man, isn't he? He's beautiful. So the interview went very well, and I was like getting all flirty. And he said, "Oh, are you going to the party later?" I was like, "Yeah, anyway, I might bump into you." I was like, <laughs> 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 "Okay, uh, nice to meet you." And that was really bad. And my producer's like, "Jesus Christ, because he's really got a camera." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, he said he might see me at the party." And he says, "Yeah, but he's bound to." He's- Loads of people are going. I was like, yeah, but you said it to me. <laughs> um, and then, so I went into the next room right away. And he said, like, Leonardo's in the next room. Just go straight in. And I got in and I was all flustered. flustered. And I said to him, I'm really, really sorry. I'm really flustered. And he said, don't worry about it. I get it all the time. I went, oh, God, not you. That's I said, what that. it was, it was Jaime and Honsu. Oh, my God. No, not that you're not handsome. I mean, you are handsome. You're just not my type. Not that you'd want to go out with a bald girl. But anyway, if I was to choose, not that. And it just didn't stop. Just keep and the digging. More, and then the more I was getting nervous, I was going, no, I mean, do you know what I mean my friends I mean, I'm, pro- I mean I'm not saying I wouldn't but if I had to pick it would be Jaimon Honsu because Jesus he's a bit, and that was a good film it was a good <laughs> film and your accent was really, and I probably won't see you at the party later and then at the end we were not allowed to get pictures with him and he said do you mind if I get a picture with you and I was like DiCaprio did yeah and I was like are you shitting me and he went that was just weird <laughs> <laughs> I am so getting sacked. And I was just thinking P45, P45. <laughs> and I've got this great picture of me and him like that. Yeah, thumbs up. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I know. Oh, I thought you just impression. genuinely just asked me for a cut. He's like, yeah, it's just the oddest thing I've ever seen. But do you know what? It must be for refreshing for people that, that big when someone says, oh, no, 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 it's not you, I fancy. It's, yeah. your, it's your mate. It's your mate, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, they must just have people blowing smoke up their ass twenty four seven. I guess you know the the lesser hit of the two would be the magnificent dance by the Clash. Okay. Which was B-side to the Magnificent Seven. It's basically mm-hmm. the same track, but kind of juggled about a bit with a few squidgy noises. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, Magnificent Seven is a great track if if, if you're kind of early dancey stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're on that vibe, and again DJ wise, you know, a real. I think the Clash are one of those bands that could pull off a groove. Yeah, a lot of bands could pull off a groove, but it was it was too much. But they still maintain that grit from the early stuff so mm. I was always drawn to them and obviously the connection is Mick Jones you know working with Mick Jones producing some stuff with us and um, generally hanging out with Mick Jones there was a time when we'd be in places where he'd be parties and stuff and he's like a surrogate dad I guess of, of the early shambles really days. yeah amazing cool guy a lot of energy. oh great yeah. you know as a producer he's very relaxed <laughs> yeah guys yeah that's great just yeah it was less you know working with someone like Stephen Street or anyone else it's very contained and it's very professional. It was Mick's just a, a real vibe guy. You know, mm. we all lived together in Brecon Beacons when we were recording that first album before we got chucked out. Um, him and Bill Price, he's no longer with us anymore. But, you know, Bill Price had mixed London Calling, all the Guns N' Roses tracks. It must have been weird for them to be living oh, yeah. with us. You know, it was just like, it was mayhem. The Brecon Beacons? Yeah, we was in the middle of the Brecon Beacons because part of his parole conditions were that he can't, I don't know, something to do with drugs, he had to be out in the middle of nowhere. And I think this this organic vegetarian couple, they were running this really kind of um, it's like a, like a yogic getaway studio, and then we kind of hit them, and um, you know, and they'd, you did know, they bite off a bit more than that? Yeah, yeah. So we roll in at like four in the morning, and I think someone's got like a ball of crack the size of a football. <laughs> and it literally, it's and. Um, you know, I think literally from the second day, there was like, right, they had to try and lay some ground rules down. Like, you can't go in the studio after 10 when we're not there. So, of course, we're all in there every night. Um, Pete had two ex-Marines looking after him as part of his condition. He had to have some security people. I remember How can just, you work like that? I, it was mayhem. I remember at one point he wanted to drive back to London, so he nicked the hire car. So he was driving through the beacons, and I'm trying to stop him, thinking, we've got to get this record done. I'm kind of clinging on. I love the fact we're going to die, but we've got to get this record done. (laughs) At that point, you know, you you start forgetting because, you know, you've all had a a bit of sauce or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and at one point as well, her dogs were all asleep. She couldn't work out. They're so tired. You keep my dogs. I said, four dogs are really nice, you dogs. And then you realise that there's tramazepan all over the garden and dogs have obviously been eating. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So but I, today, I think they were right. In the yeah. yeah, yeah, I think. And then at one point, one of our managers was, because um, the military guys, whatever happened at one point, I don't know whether this was a dream or whatever, but <laughs> the old manager was in the woods. The old manager was ex-army as well. He was in the woods in camouflage gear, stalking something. Because Peter just, <laughs> so just sat him, right? So you've got these guys that just come back from whatever, Iraq, looking after Pete. Every morning, like so, trying to get to do press ups and stuff. It was, it was. Just, I kind of trying to get Pete to do press ups. Yeah, trying to get Fucking him. I'm trying to even get my head around it now. Trying to explain what's going on. It was like these clash of cultures. You've got this very yeah. sedate hippie yoga retreat couple, vegan. Then you've got not just urban ladism. You've got that. You've got drug dealers coming up and down all the time. You've got mayhem total mayhem then Mick Jones swaggering around a place doing his Mick Jones thing. <laughs> it was just it was just like a, a, another world and and the armed forces there and the armed forces suffering there suffering from PTSD oh no this guy's head I blew off 
Bloody in the Brecon hell. Beacons. That's yeah. crazy. It we were there the other week, weren't we? Yeah. It was mental. It was a mental time. Uh, yeah, and then we got chucked out there after about two weeks. They said, we, I'm not, not, not having it. So I was in America and uh, recently, and I was in LA, and I was there for some things, and I was trying to do stand-up. It was very difficult to get gigs in LA. It was very competitive. Right. I'm a completely unknown in LA, so, so I'd write to places. very hard to get gigs. And I like to do gigs as much as I can, and I just wasn't doing many. And I managed to do quite a few sort of shit, like open mic gigs where you like above a room in a Chinese restaurant and I did one of these gigs and I made friends with some of the acts and one of the guys said we'll keep in touch if anything comes up I'll let you know any gigs coming in and he texts me and said I'm supposed to do this gig at the living room I can't do it do you want to replace me I said yeah sure great and he gave me the address sorry can I just ask you quickly yeah. so when you're in LA and you're yeah. are you out there doing filmy stuff and things like that yeah so the stand-up stuff yeah do you do that being honest, like, do, yeah. uh, you do that to earn a few quid while you're at it, or do you do that because you want to test yourself in a different place with a different audience? Yeah, I don't do it for money. Yeah. I mean, I don't get paid for it in America, yeah. and I do it. I think stand up is a bit like the gym or being fit. Like, if you yeah. don't, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't, if I don't do it, you yeah. get rusty yeah. really quick. Yeah, that was kind of what I wanted. Yeah, so I need to do yeah. it. I think I have to do it. I do it more than this, but I'm, I, I comfort, I'd be comfortable with two or three a week. Yeah. To stay fit, wow. yeah, match fit. Yeah, you know what I mean, so it's just for that, like, because yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to have a month of no gigs. Anyway, so this guy says there's a gig at the living room, blah blah blah. So I get the address, I say yes, and I get confirmed you can come and do the gig at the living room. So I assume the living room is like a cool bar somewhere, much like the bedroom or whatever you were mm, saying. Yeah. So I go to this address, put it in the sat nav, and it seems to be a house, <laughs> a weird looking <laughs> house on a corner. And I think, oh, I'll ask. And I knock on the door and a man <laughs> opens the door and he has a broken arm. As a, just a weird detail that's true. He had this broken arm and he goes, hey, you're here. And I realise that the living room is a living room. <laughs> and, and, and I see, as he opens the door, it all becomes clear to me. And it's a bit like misery or something. I'm like, mm. this guy's insane and he's booked me for his living room and also I can't I sort of think can I go because I see it all happening but I also yeah. think I can see what a sort of vulnerable strange person he is and I don't quite know what to do and he says come in we're about to start and I oh. step into his living room and basically the living room is the size of your whiffin which is not massive no, no, it's tiny. And, uh, and there are two people his neighbours uh, two people who look like they've been kidnapped <laughs> And they are sat on, on two chairs, looking really, really awkward. Fuck. And oh. he and and his flatmate is smoking a bong on a on a beanbag <laughs> over here. <laughs> and, that, to live and that's the audience. That's the audience. And he says, "Sit down. We're about to start." And I'm like, "Okay, what?" And that, so he closes the door. So now I'm in in this hostage situation. You're on your own. Yeah, I'm on my own. And so I sit next to the two neighbours, and I'm like, "Hello." And they look at me. They don't really say hello. They're just like, "Mouth help." Yeah, yeah. They look at me like, "All right." And uh, and then the man with the broken arm, he takes a mic which he's plugged into a little amp, and he sort of stands in front of us with it, and he goes, "Hey, welcome to the living room." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is really happening. This is real. <laughs> this is." it and he goes welcome to the living room i'm your host and i can't remember his name and then he proceeds to tell a story that lasts 45 minutes about how he broke his arm it has zero jokes uh but he's sort of like so then i went here and this happened 
but the thing is, because I have, uh, because I'm too fucking sympathetic or whatever, no one's like, it's like just awkward silence in the room, but I'm trying to go like, ha ha ha, like mm. I'm trying to be supportive because I'm scared <laughs> and confused and feel sorry for him. And because I've been supportive, he has then locked eyes with me for the whole time. Oh, no. So he the whole time is doing the gig straight into my eyes and I'm just going, ha ha ha, for 45 minutes while he tells this awful story about his arm. And then, uh, and then he goes, Okay, um, we're very excited. We got a special guest here to the living room. And the, by the way, the flatmate smoking a bomb is just getting up, walking in and out. Like, I don't think he's at the gig. He's just living there. <laughs> and, uh, and so he goes, welcome, welcome to the stage. Oh, is it? Okay, uh, welcome to the stage. Break on scene. And then, so I sort of literally have to kind of sidle. We have to like cross each other. There's not enough room. So he then sits in my seat and I stand in front of him and his two neighbours. And he gives me the mic, and I go, "Oh, it's lovely. That's lovely to be here at the living room. What? A, <laughs> what? It's a lot. And 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 here is the twist. It's one of the greatest gigs I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> the man with the broken nose, one of the best audiences I've ever had. Was he just crazy? He had the laugh of a hundred men. I mean, really? he fucking he was killing himself. Oh. I, I mean, I was like, genuinely, after about five minutes, I was like, I am storming the living room. <laughs> This is my crowd. <laughs> oh man! And I did, Capacity did, of four. Did twenty-five minutes, thirty minutes, and then I said, "Well, uh, can I leave now? <laughs> is this, am I allowed out?" And then I handed him back the thing, and he went, "Will you sign the wall?" And I said, "Yeah." And I signed his Just living like room. Fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wall was actually a contract, <laughs> yeah. a sex contract. Yeah. If you look at the ceiling, there's wow. all the clothes. And then he was like, are you going to stay? And I was like, no, oh, I've got another gig in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. And I left. But uh, yeah, it was one of the great gigs. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's fucking... That is... But scary, because you think... That is Partridge... Yeah. Just a fan, Alan, isn't it? Ooh. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, when I was 12, 13, I obsessed about punk rock. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what changed everything. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'd be going out and buying stuff, you know, religiously trying to find out what was coming out new yeah. and where, where the gigs were. And it's, you know, I, I'm a little bit too young. I, I missed that. And I can't imagine like, what that must have been like because seeing small little revolutions in music through my, my mm, growing up, yeah. you know, have, have really stuck with me and struck chords. But I think... I'd love to have experienced punk. I just it think was, it, yeah. it must have just been a... It was amazing. Huge it, game changer. Like I said, I was, I was just this lonely kid before. I was going to the movies to try and escape from my life. Yeah. And um, then when punk... And when I got into punk, suddenly I'd go to these gigs on my own and I'd make these friends. And yeah. they were fellow misfits like me who didn't yeah. feel yeah. like they'd fitted into the world. And you'd... Cut, you'd you know, you'd go to Liverpool to go see Adam and the Ants. Yeah. You'd kind of yeah. save up the money, get on the coach, go there with maybe five other other mates who, you know, you just met in these gigs. And um, you'd go, this is when Adam and the Ants were underground, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, proper punk band. And then you'd think, oh, we can't get home now, the gig's over. And then there'd be these Liverpool punks who goes, oh, you're from London, you can't get home, come and stay at ours. Yeah, so yeah. we'd all go and stay there, theirs, just met them, you know. Yeah. And there's this camaraderie. You'd be on the bus and you'd see another punk on the bus and you'd just be like, oh, you are right? how you doing? Yeah, yeah. And then you'd hang out for the rest of the day. It was just... Amazing! It was you know that whole that whole thing where you're just inst- instant friends just because you like the same music. 
That's, that's uh, lost a bit now, isn't it? Uh, it just doesn't I exist. think so. I think so. We've spoke about this, haven't we, in the sense yeah. of you know how people are associating in groups now because there is that larger mix of people are mixing genres so much, so is everyone's got a little bit of punk and a little bit of hip-hop and a little <laughs> bit of rock in them, and, yeah. and in some ways that's good, in other ways, you know, maybe not. You know, you have a... It, when you when you're a diehard fan of one sort of genre, you, there is a there's a camera like you say a camaraderie in it, isn't there? And you wear mm. your you wear your your colours on your sleeve, don't you? Yeah. You know, you, you can instantly more so at that point, you you would have been able to spot a punk a mile off. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like we you know it was it definitely was. Well, a, what was great also was that the, the the whole thing about punk was a revolution against all those kind of noodling prog rock that mm. came before and the the unobtainable superstars and this was very um, grassroots and street level, so you'd find yourself hanging out with Mick Jones from the Clash or no, John no, Lydon. No. I'd, I'd go around John Lydon's house, you know. Really? And, uh, yeah, and it was. <laughs> You know, it was it was just amazing times. They weren't, you know, you looked up to them, but they weren't these sort of superstars or anything. Yeah. They were just like accessible. You know, yeah, accessible. And, exactly. Yeah, peak human beings. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And um, you know, I'd go and hang out in Seditionaries, which was, as you know, was the clothes shop for but of Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren in the punk days. And you'd hang out in there. And Jordan, the shop girl, who looked amazing, she yeah. had this massive kind of spiky beehive and this amazing makeup. She took me under a wing, and I'd help her fold t-shirts, shut up yeah. the shop, and then go for dinner. You know, they t- her and Vivian Westwood would take me for dinner. And Malcolm McLaren Crazy. would be popping in there and again making this movie, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle, you know. And years later, he remembered me um, from hanging out in the shop when I was really? about uh, 14. And um, and he asked me to remix some of his stuff when his album came out. And he had this track, Deep in Vogue, which um, he did with Bootsy Collins, and he played it to me. And it was awful. <laughs> it was really <laughs> bad. So uh, me and William Orbit, um, we did the mix together. We we just completely dismantled it and just made it more electronic and yeah. did this kind of new version. And that's the version he used on his album. He binned his original one. Um, and now that that track sampled another film, a documentary called Paris is Burning, which is all about the drag and vogue balls yeah. in New York. Um, and it's it's become a classic um, cult film now. Um, yeah, so we did the first Vogue in record, really. Me, William Orbit, and Malcolm McLaren before Madonna. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So there was a little package delivered from Amazon this morning uh, called a Coffee Enema Kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just so wish you'd told me this in advance. <clears throat> so I thought... I know what I've got told. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You know, I had an organic uh, coffee and Right, now, well, it's so much more I need yeah. to know. Okay, right. So, did you shut the curtains? <laughs> yes, yeah, but... Where was you? <laughs> but there's a caveat with that. I did close the windows, and it's, that, that, <laughs> there's a payoff to that later, trust me. <laughs> so, um, where was you? So... <laughs> Cause I'm, <laughs> cause I'm decorating at the moment. Literally, my lounge's full of my lounge is full of stuff yeah. from the. T- <laughs> my lounge is full of stuff, and um, the two bedrooms are sort of like completely empty where we decorated. So yeah, I yeah. did the enema on the floor of the kitchen, basically. Okay. And um, and that that makes sense. Um, you don't want to come in right now. <laughs> um, so that made sense, and. Uh, Part of this, like, detoxing and stuff like that, it was like, okay, this makes sense, and because I feel good, 
let's let's get stuck in. Had had the salt water shit in of yourself just erased <laughs> itself from your mind because it was only yesterday. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, as I say, I kind of, I mean, there's nothing to be, because <laughs> obviously you're having a, yourself. Yeah, nothing I mean, to be proud of. That kids. still must have been but, quite fresh in your mind. But so no, I was, I was thinking, all right about that whole episode. In fact, I found it funny. There wasn't a point which I was like, oh, oh no. So the smart man. There was no was shame. Thinking, oh no, no shame. Shitting yourself. No shame. <laughs> so the smart man's decided. Okay, um, fifteen hours after shitting myself, I know what I need to do. <laughs> Smash it from the other way. Right, I've gone that way. <laughs> Let's really make sure I'm. I'm right. hollow. So, uh, how does this work? So, obviously, um, Nescafe, or is it like a good quality <laughs> coffee? Or uh, yeah, they're going to want the advertising was, from it, this. It was like they say use organic, and put, I just went for uh, gold blend. <laughs> 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 I was thinking of using my mate's Nespresso machine, but <laughs> that get costly. Uh, yeah. I, so, I did, so no, it, it all came with the pack. Right, what? What's in the, the, the pack? pack? What's in the pack? <laughs> There's a bucket, yeah, <laughs> which isn't what you think it's for. So definitely read the instructions. <laughs> um, you get a nice rubber pipe, and they they throw in for free another bit of pink tubing. Which I was like, don't make that a big deal. Don't go, oh, and for free another bit of pink tubing. But actually, it's a good bit of pink tubing. I'll explain in a minute. Bucket, two bits of tubing, um, organic coffee, and a uh, plastic sheet. <laughs> You've, you've generally got one of them down in, yeah, in, yeah, indoors yeah, anyway, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, but that, yeah, this was more less less extensive than the sheeting I've got up in most of my rooms in my house. Yeah, and um, yeah, so there you go, and you boil up the coffee. That was all, all went so much fine. What do you mean? How much coffee? Yeah, a cup. 
crate, an espresso, a shot, yeah, table, yeah, table grande, spoons, a big latte, yeah, three tablespoons. <laughs> No, not how much coffee. How much like I did a mocha. Yeah. Right. So no. no I think it's called a crappuccino at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, God. Um, thirty-two ounces. Thank you. So um, it's a bucket like this. Right. That's podcast gold. (laughs) Right. Well, no, but I can't. uh, It's like a a small bucket. You know. (laughs) What else am I going to say? Oh, right. Thirty-two ounces. So that's the equivalent of about a litre. Thank you. Just over. There you go. Um, so boiled it up, popped it in there, got myself comfy. Obviously, oh, right. Have you took all your clothes yeah, off? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I even laid an extra towel over <laughs> the plastic matting because I was like, "Fuck you, there. Why did you not tell me you was going to do this? Rather need it than not have it." Right. So I laid down the towel. Did you text black. anyone that you was doing? You was going to do this? No. Because if that would have gone of... wrong and something would sinister would have happened, what a scene to have walked into. <laughs> It's got, it's, wasn't it quite spontaneous, you say? You, yeah, you kind of. It was like yesterday last... I was like, oh, that's one thing I haven't, um, you know, actually bought. And and it kept, shot up on Amazon Prime that I could get it next day. And I thought, no, it makes sense to do it after the saltwater flush. So, no, I hadn't. I think I texted a few people about it today, care, stupidly, and now it's on a fucking podcast, so the world knows. Um, so, you popped all your clothes off. <laughs> you put an extra towel down. Naked. Right, position. Um, fetal. <laughs> The fecal position. <laughs> That's how he asked. You, I read up on it. Left hand side's best way to get into the into the kidney or the liver. One of those. And oh basically, um, this one oh. the blue pipe. You get the a pink pipe, and it's got a bit of a smoother end on it. And I nearly just went blue pipe because <laughs> the blue pipe's lubed as well. But then they say, no, here's what? this other bit you can attach if you want. And I nearly went, ah, fuck it. And I'm so glad I did because is the pink bit a bit more kind of thinner, a bit kinder, right? It's, it's there's a real matrix element to that. Take the blue pipe. <laughs> You'll wake up on your kitchen floor shitting yourself. Take the pink pipe and we'll show you down the rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, what's down the rabbit hole? We'll, we'll show you the truth. <laughs> so I went pink. I went pink red. Yep. Attached them both and pop, lubed it up a little bit um, with coconut oil. <laughs> Specified coconut oil. I was like, I think any lube will do. Is that the this. same coconut oil that you put in your coffee when you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This is such an artisanal enema. This is such yeah, a posh, organic too, enema. Too, I, too hipster. <laughs> I'm picturing enema. it, mm-hmm. the whole scene. Sexy. I don't <laughs> think it's very classy. <laughs> I don't think that's classy at all. I think that must have looked like a fucking horror movie. I could think of nothing more awful than seeing you in a field position with a blue pipe up your arsehole and a fucking... Bucket full of mocha. <laughs> and we've got a summer of shows where we're playing at the Star Shape Festival things. Yeah, I looked at that. That's yeah. um, a nice kind of nostalgia yeah, line up there, it's isn't it? It's such a weird word, but, you know, it's, it, I kind of shy away from that. When, But, but it is. Yeah, no what, is your stance? what is your stance on that? Well, um, it's changed because now that the Blue Tones have kind of, we have ended as a creative unit we're not going to be making any more records so what we've done is bookended now and i think we all feel like well it's let's just keep showcasing our body of work and we've had to change our thinking as a band because we decided that we weren't going to make any more records we decided we weren't going to make any more music at all but then we changed our minds (laughs) but we're not going to change our minds on this one and i think if if i didn't have my own creative outlet I'm not sure I would, how I'd feel about that. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. 
But everyone else is fine with it. They've moved on and yeah. d- are doing different things with their lives now. And yeah. for them, coming back and being in the blue tones is like, I guess it must be like a holiday from reality yeah, for yeah. a while. With and, and a freedom because there's not the pressure of like the creativity. It's the, a celebration of things that you enjoy well, that's doing. That's exactly it. The celebration's yeah. the thing. I think we've when we had, had to adjust our thinking, it was we don't want to become just a band that's just going to be touring and doing that circuit. But eventually, everyone does, and and. Um, we, you know, we were fighting against it for our whole career because I think that's the, that that's, that would be the death of creativity if you start to think like that. If you start to think, well, let's just make sure we play the hits every yeah. time. But once you've embraced that, and once you've embraced the idea that you're you're not going to add to your body of work, then there's no one else who's going to play it. So let's do it. Yeah. And yeah, the, there is a certain release of of pressure. I mean, it's different for me because I make music all year round and yeah. I'm touring all year round. And it's just like I just have to put another costume on when I do the blue tones. And, you know, it's... it's Does it feel different enjoyable. from the solo stuff, like when you're on stage? Completely, yeah, completely different. It's In what way? Well, these are my, you know, my oldest, bestest friends. And we're the, it's the most natural thing for us to be in a room together in the first place. And then in a room together making music. It just feels absolutely, well, I feel absolutely at home playing those songs yeah. with those guys. And we all get... a buzz out of what, what, what we've got this yeah. chemistry that we've got that is unique to us yeah is there any songs that you particularly enjoy playing when you get guys get back together um yeah, yeah I've, I've always liked doing the Fountainhead that's a really nice song to do it's got a nice groove to it yeah. and Tiger Lily I always got a lot of pleasure singing that one and a couple of the sort of later songs that not people don't really know that well I really enjoy playing those there's a song called Firefly which it's a real joy to sing. It's one of my favourites. Oh, right. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but it's just in a nice place for me to sing yeah. as well. It's very natural for me to just slip into that one. Yeah. A lot of that later stuff, actually, which we don't really get a chance to play anymore because, unfortunately, people don't want to hear it yeah. as much as they do. You know, we, we, we tried that like a couple of years ago and we could see that the, the, the reaction in the crowd was different. And it's like, oh, well, we don't want to bore people if they haven't heard it. They can go home and explore it and then come back. Mm. But not bombard them with stuff that they haven't heard, because it's like, well, no, this is it's not what this is about tonight. So every week we'd have this couple come in, and they were on they had the key ring. They'd have the same food every single week. They complained about the same thing every single week. And, you know, we'd look after them. We'd replace the, the thing that they were complaining about, and then they'd bag it up, and they'd take it away with them. And this was fine a couple of times because you think, you know what, we might have messed up a couple of times. Third week, supervisors kind of cotton onto it. Fourth week, restaurant managers cotton onto it. And it was all the same things that the wings were too cold, the wings were too spicy, the wings weren't crispy enough, the wings this, that, and the other. So we come Why down. Why still ordering the fucking wings, then? Well, this was my point. So we get to week five, and it happened again. I wasn't there on week five, and I yep. said, look, next time it happens, let me know. I'll go up and I'll have a little chat with them. I went up and had a chat. After he did it again on week six, <laughs> and I started my conversation with saying, "Is everything all right?" Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, wings are, you know, wings are a bit cold. I was like, okay, it's just a bit weird because you know it's like sixth week now out of about eight or nine that you've come in here and you've you've ordered. Did they look rumbled then? Or he he looked like shit. Like, okay, right, we've been cotton on to here, and he come and he's like. Oh yeah, 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 no, like they're just they're just cold. It's just not good enough. And I was like, no, no, that's fine. But if I go somewhere, like you know, if it's something shit once, 
fine. I'll, you know, I'll let them off. If I'm seeing something shit twice, then I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go there again. You know, it's it's that yeah, simple. Yeah. But he kept doing it, kept doing it. And I just said to him, I said, I think that you're playing on our generosity a little bit because you know that we want to look after everybody in here, and if we're not up to standards, then that's it. And he stood up. <laughs> squared right up to me and he gave it a big one and he was like you don't know who I am you calling me a scrounger you saying that I'm a spun you know you saying that I'm trying to take liberties and stuff and I was like you know there's no need to do this that and the other calm down people in the restaurant now you know when everything goes silent all, all, all you can hear is the music and you can't hear any forks and knives going you can't <laughs> hear any plates clattering nothing and it was uh yeah and 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 he essentially got rumbled basically but it all ties into this TripAdvisor thing, and that we're in a we're in a very competitive market. We're in a very competitive place that you know, restaurants, bars, pubs are all shutting all the time because they're not got the amount of trade that's coming in. And it's people like this that are coming in that are playing the system. And I think that on one part of it, fine, fair play to you, get away with it as much as you can, but realise that you're doing something immoral. Yeah. And it's the ones that are the ones that aren't being like that. And it and it just bemuses me, but I'm sure that there was a reason behind it and I'm sure that there was something to do with it. But he got caught out that time. Did he chill? He didn't chill. Um, I told him that, you know, that whatever you've ordered today, I'm not going to charge you for it. Just finish your dinner and get out and, you know, don't come back again very politely. No, 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 I'm going to pay for my dinner. No, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not a freeloader on this yeah. and the other. What, do you think he paid for his dinner? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> of course, course he didn't. Not, no, yeah. he got him bowled out of there and... Yeah, it was, um, this comes back to the customer's king, yeah. and the customer's always an arsehole. And handling it like that was a bit of class, and saying, well, this one's free. Not even trying to debate the money on it, because yeah. you know that's where he wanted to go. The fact he didn't fucking pay proves the point. That's, that's really yeah. tragic. It is a shame. And, but like you say, Ed, it's so easy to sit here and say, well, you know, well, freeloaders or whatever. If that's a family that's starving... Imagine that's a family who's got no money, no, not two shits to rub together. Yeah. I don't know why you'd rub two shits together. Um, but if you've got no money and you're desperate for food, I get you. any human being will do anything, right? But come on, man. Like, If you are that desperate, would you be rolling into Ed's place and doing that? Like, or, 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 that- or, or, or continually doing it? And also, I, you know... Was did he look like that poor? No, no, exactly. It's like people who are just trying it on. I think the shame is, is that we're at a point where shame has overtaken honesty, and I think that were someone to to come in and say, "I'm a bit tight up. Any chance you can chuck a little bit extra on that platter for us?" You know that kind of thing. Mm. They're up front with it, and they're honest about it. Chances are, you're going to look after them. <laughs> What, make, what makes you angry, Show Things that I can't control. Number one, erections. flies. Oh. <laughs> erections. <laughs> Number one, erections. <laughs> <laughs> we can have that tonight, mate. Right. Fucking eight flies. Right. Especially when you're sitting, you're trying to watch like an episode of whatever on the television, and there's one Is that fly. Any good? It's really good. <laughs> it's one of the best shows I've seen recently. There's like one fly in your living room. Yeah. It drives me nuts. You just need to get better at swatting flies. So, I mean, that's your problem. You've not got one of them little bits. Yeah, the really Maybe I'm angry at myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a revelation tonight. You know, what tennis, what a fly swat do you mean, man? The ones that you do. Yeah, the little electric ones. The ones where they just go. Nah, <laughs> no, that's cheating, man. You've you ever licked one of them? So, what the fuck? What do you mean a tennis racket? It's like racket? a little tennis racket. 
But the netting is obviously, um, go on Chris, uh, metal, when you put batteries in it. Yeah. And, and you fly like, little bastards. Thank you. Um, so I don't get angry over really big things, significant things, like it's the tiniest, okay. most innocuous little things that make me irritated. Like a fly in the room. Yeah. Or when a coat hanger gets caught. <laughs> I don't like that. That really fucking winds me yeah. up. Or if you walk past a door handle and like your coat pocket gets caught in the door oh. handle. What, what's Those your go-to you know word at that point? Prick usually. Right. Yeah. Or piss. <laughs> piss is usually when, when I'm like when something happens like, like when you stub your toe. Yeah. Piss. Oh no way! I stubbed my toe. Yeah. Oh, that Your straight. toes look like they've been hit with those bloody you know those meat hammers <laughs> that they used to soften up steaks. Well, that's that one. We I've got my feet out. That one's got the half a dead now. That's the one I bust up. That is your left. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, my left. Sorry. <laughs> that one's quite fucked. But that one I can't bend beyond that. That's a little. That it's is, bent the wrong way now. That is grim. I don't even want to share a room with that tonight. That to is all that We are not Instagramming a picture of that. <laughs> can, you, no. can you sleep that way around? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, man. What's, what, what, what's are we that? talking about road rage or are we talking just about just 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 things that make you angry? Oh, do you know, you, you, like, I always do this thing where I get out of the car. You know when you've got stuff to get out? When yeah. I stub my toe kicking my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you got Genuinely, I think, I, think that, like, I don't really get angry. Like, I don't, even like with road rage, I, like, in order to, like, because obviously everybody gets annoyed when someone, like, fucks you off on the road or whatever, but in order to sort of control it, I ironically get road rage. So I'll, like, like almost taking the piss out of myself shout not shout abuse but just say abuse like while being self-aware of how pointless it is mm -hmm. shouting that abuse and then i'm like doesn't matter yeah it's just happened it's, it's so true and and oh yeah come on then you fucking prick go on then off you go but yeah, you, you, you yeah. also only um, you are it's, it's very cliche but you are the only you never no one else ever upsets you the only person who ever upsets you is you it's yourself like, yeah. you can make the decision no 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 my kids have nailed get, it mate my kids have, have they, nailed it they mastered me. it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can, I can day, take know, care of that problem for you <laughs> <laughs> you know when someone parks and they take up more than one space and that you is annoying right so we pulled yeah. up outside go outdoors last week me and uh, my little boy Max and Sophie my 12 year old we pulled up outside go outdoors to see what they had for this trip and there was had two parking spaces left. It was busy. It was Saturday, and this like silver KA was in front of us and went into one of those spaces. So I went to go into the next space, and the KA had parked probably about a foot over into the second space oh, as well. That's, that's no, like, zone for but me. I've caught him in the act. This yeah. is the thing. Like usually, you have to walk past and yeah. go, "Oh, that guy's parked yeah. like a dick." Caught him in the act, and Sophie knew that I'd caught someone in the act, and I'm like, "I'm going to go and have a word because they need to know." And the door opened, and this little like oh. mid eighties like old woman like was putting her crutch out trying to climb out of the car, and I'm like, "Move your car, you <laughs> fucking idiot!" <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Look how she thinks she's Rod Stewart. Sophie's like, "You, you can't," and I'm like, "I can't." I Put can't. all our rear windows for him. We'll brace. <laughs> I was so confused. 
<laughs> so confused, like, I can't do it. So I was like, just, just wait till she's gone inside, so <laughs> and then we'll deal with it. But again, yeah. that, that does prove why it's like, so, it's so fine, like, road rage, issue. anything like that is so futile because yeah. the you amount of times I get the jam roll with people, and then it's like <laughs> I, 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 I do ignorant things accidentally. There's occasions where I, I'm. I, I don't I, I haven't said thank you you know and, and yet sometimes when someone's driven past me and not said thank you I'm in a fucking mood about it I'm like oh, I can't believe that how unthoughtful yeah, yeah, oh yeah fucking cheers mate yeah nice man and friend. then I've done that before when I've driven <laughs> just driven past someone and just been like oh fuck I haven't said thank you when you so, said the other day you're, you, you like saying nice one dickhead that really resonated yeah. with me and that's really good that is yeah like, even for one. a bit of like casually shit road rage yeah. oh yeah nice one dickhead <laughs> like, that is oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's just the le- that's the only level you should let your road rage yeah. get to. Yeah, definitely completely. Uh, like we were saying, you wouldn't do it if you was in a shopping centre and bumped into someone. Mm, You'd both apologise. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't start screaming in someone's no, face no, because they. No. Well, some people actually yet. would. It's a drunken soiree in the within. <laughs> Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.